Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts brains you are at the cool spot the place where the conversations are pointed the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull today we have Jana niska nixa i have to say that correctly uh we're gonna mix the woo with the do with the boo in you how about that we are going to raise your frequency to a different level when we talk about law of attraction when we talk about sales when we talk about uh, closing the cotton picking deal and asking for the business. Really? That's why you're broke. <laughs> because you don't ask for the business. You just think, you know, by osmosis, because you're cute and you made the phone call, somebody's going to close the deal. That's not how you sell. Sell is a psychology. It's sexy. It's not sleazy. So we're going to talk to that uh, subject as well as to Jana here on the edge. Welcome. How are you? I am doing well. How are you, April? I can't complain about nothing, okay? Ah, Not a cotton-picking thing. And I mean that. I mean that. And see, that's the headspace that I try to keep myself in. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you complain, um, you know, you're stuck in that space. And people say, well, nobody would care. Yeah, I know people that would care. But are they able to change it? You are a person of action. You are a person of change. Uh, and we want to thank... Um, this podcast because this was a gift to you this was a this was a blessing so again reciprocity people you have to give back somebody gives something to you that you find valuable pay it forward so jenna tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world well gosh you know i I used to believe that quote that um people can't change and now at my old age of 45 I oh, have realized you just, just a baby. I'm six. <laughs> I, I'm 61, actually. Yes, ma'am. And I think I change for the better every day. And I certainly didn't think what I'm doing now I would have been capable of 10, 15 years ago. And I, I owe it all to we were talking about just before the show began, like starting a meditation practice. Um, it just really changed everything for me. It opened my eyes to what I'm really, like you were saying, like, what am I really capable of? It took me out of like blame and victim and into self-empowerment and just really wanting to really be all that I am and step into that space. And so that's really what I'm trying to do on a daily basis. And I also love to inspire others to do the same. But you know, some people is like moving bricks. (laughs) (laughs) It's heavy lifting. It's heavy lifting. And sometimes, you know, they just don't want to settle into that new space. I get that. Meditation, I tell all my guests, I had to dial back, okay, because mine were heavy. They were very heavy. Talking about that brick, I asked God, I said, look, can you give me this in bite-sized pieces? Okay, (laughs) because I was getting so much, I felt like I was overwhelmed also in a spiritual place. That can happen. Don't think that, you know, uh, to whom much is given much is required. You still got to show up and do the work and you have to know how to process it and you know how to uh, 
to, to really benefit from the ebbs and the flows. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. It's funny you should say that because I had an interesting thing that happened to me a while back where I woke up one day, April, and I am not kidding you. All of a sudden, I felt like my complete higher self was within me. Mm. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I, after about two weeks of this, I was like, okay, I, I think we need to dial it back. <laughs> like, cause I was just walking around, you know, I have, I have a business to run. I'm a mom. I have responsibilities. And it was like, meh. Yeah. You, just, <laughs> and you, you feel like you're in this trance kind of state yes. and you don't know what to do with it. But in that state, you are being prepared. You're being guided. You're being tested as to exactly, are you following through? Are you doing what I have asked you to do? Are you are you doing what you've asked me to do for you? Because we always got the ask. I don't care what it is. Can you hand me some water? Can you give me $20? Can you give me a kiss? People are always making the ask. Absolutely. Let's talk about sales and making the ask. They okay. don't do that in business. You know, you got all these beautiful entrepreneur newers okay they're excited by that big 25 dollars word they don't understand what it is sales is a process sales is a mechanic and you sell to value you don't just sell somebody a bunch of crap Absolutely. you let them talk you see if you can solve a problem you see if you can fill a need if you can do those things then great if not don't overpromise and underdeliver. Right, Jana? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, it's really important in sales. So I spent 21 years as a top performing sales executive. Mm -hmm. And part of really like step one of me stepping into my power way back at 22 years old was I didn't resonate with that pushy, like, I'm going to make you do this. I'm going to manipulate you, convince you and block you into a corner type of sales process. And it really blows my mind that it's even an option still to this day, not to mention it's actually the way that most people still do it when, and so when I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. I, this does not resonate with me. It was far more impactful to lead with your heart, to really deeply listen to the person in front of you and actually even see if it's a good fit, right? Yeah. Why would you want to convince somebody? And then, and then they turn around, especially as a coach or somebody where you're being working really closely with somebody. And then they immediately have buyer's remorse because they feel like they were kind of forced and manipulated into it. And now, I mean, that, now you get to spend the next six months together. Sounds like a yeah, or, recipe for disaster. You got to return money. And then, you know, people don't, they don't uh, process that well. Money is energy brains, newsflash. If it's bad juju, when you get it, believe me, the juju ain't going to get better if you hold it give it back, let it go, open up that, uh, that space for abundance, because I'm telling you, it will come to you if you do the right thing. That's the manifestation, even in sales. You know, I was a top sales performer too in, in corporate America, baby. I would ask for money for sport. <laughs> I love it. But again, I sold to value. I let the client tell me what they need and I see if I could solve the problem. Um, and then if it wasn't a good fit, I was honest about that too. Maybe this isn't the opportunity for you. Maybe this isn't the product for you. Maybe this isn't the time for you, but let's revisit this. Leave the door open. 
Yeah. Or let me direct you to somebody else that might be able to facilitate. They appreciate that. They'll come back. Give people options and choices. No is only the word on spelled backwards. Oh, I like that. I've never heard that. But, you know, it is so true. You, not to sound cliche, but certain things that are cliche are true. That's mm -hmm. why they're cliche. And one of those is the fortune is in the follow-up. I can't wow. tell you how many you know, whether it is in my coaching practice now, or even back in my sales days, it's not just a one and done thing. Like you said, like there's so much more involved in that pulling through process of still being there, of still showing up, supporting them. Hey, I was just thinking about you, you know, I thought you might enjoy this. And when you can show up that way, even after they've said no, I mean, that just speaks volumes. And I've just had so many people come back later and and even regret not having said yes before because you know they may have gone down a different path or whatever it may be but when you stay stay with them it's really sales is really relationships it is relationships and it's referrals and it's not what you say about your business it's what other people say about your business that is what is important um getting in there trying to figure out what's going on. And again, like you said, the follow-up is key. Hey, happy birthday, you know, but if it's not for you uh, or this person is not for you, don't keep bombarding them with emails, phone calls. You're annoying at this point. This, that's how you get blocked. <laughs> I tell people right now, if this is not, you know, in your wheelhouse, I get it. Maybe it's not the right timing. If you want to, let's reconnect at another time. I leave the door open but I'm not going to overly push something that I know is of value, but it may not be right for you. I see that you have the tree of prosperity hanging there on your wall. <laughs> what does, uh, what, what does that mean to you? What does prosperity mean to you? To me, it's, you know, it's just really feeling freedom. Mm. I mean, to me, prosperity is ultimate freedom on in, in all ways, freedom of time, freedom of location, freedom of, you know, financially. And it just, that that's what it means to me to be prosperous. And so I really think, you know, something to talk about with the whole sales thing, because it is, it is that it is spiritual and it, it does take an abundant mindset, right? Because that's when you, when you were, like you were saying before, if you don't keep that, that type of um, wealth consciousness about you, you are going to be needy in the follow-ups. You are going to feel harassing. But when you approach it from that abundant state of, hey, I know when we talked before, you had mentioned ABC and I just happened to do a video on this. I would, if you would like to have it, I could send it to you, you know, and it just that value add in a very intentional way. Again, when you come at it full, like a whole person and not needing something from them, it changes the energy completely. And, you know, I always tell people like, I know people, especially in the coaching world, they're like, oh, our entrepreneur sales, ugh. but it can be very spiritual because if you think about it, April, it really opens up so many cans of worms in the spiritual sense. Like I say, sales is like having children. It brings up all your stuff. You know, it brings up, like you were talking about lack consciousness or abundance, right? Self-worth, fear of rejection, you know, being able to even have conversations about money that makes people very uncomfortable and, you know, fear of failure. Like all of these things come right to the surface when you're it's having. The, it's the money blocks, Jana. 
It's the money block. It's huge. And money is no more than any other piece of paper that's on your desk if you get your mind right. I remember I was broke as a joke. I wrote myself a check for $5,000. Six months later, a check for $46,000 came through. Girl, you could have picked me up with a poopy scooper. <laughs> I love it. I was a hot mess. I was like, stuff really works. You said something though. You said freedom. Are we afraid to be free or are we free to be afraid? That's what we have to ask ourselves. And freedom does not mean you're not disciplined. You have to be disciplined as well. Even though you can sign on when you want, you can go on vacation when you want, you still got bills to pay. You still got a client to respond to. You still have your integrity. You still have your brand. You still have to do the things and the mechanics that it takes to be effective and productive because being an entrepreneur is the hardest hustle there is. You got to be on 24 seven. You're on vacation. You should see me on a cruise ship, girl. I'm a hot mess. I really, I'm there. Oh, okay. So how can I connect with this person? And what could their need be over here in Japan? And blah, 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 blah. I'm always looking for that next opportunity. So it does um, run parallel with spirituality because you're a seeker. Mm-hmm. always looking to find what that is. It may not be a business opportunity. It may be the next opportunity for you, the next escalation of your business, the next upscaling. All of that is important. And you know what sales is? I find it sexy. <laughs> I do. There's a certain uh, gravitas to a sexy salesperson. I went one day looking for a car. Girl, I wasn't going to buy no Mercedes Benz. I got in the Mercedes. The salesperson got in there with me. Now, I already knew I didn't want to do it, but I wanted to have that feeling, that experience. Girl, we drove down the highway. He let the top down. He put on my favorite music. I nestled into that seat. He said, don't you just see your Afro blowing in the wind? Don't you feel good? Don't you smell the leather? Girl, I mean, it was just, it was romantic. I was like, oh, heck yeah. And then I had a hot flash and I said, oh, I'm not feeling good. He said, I got something for that too, Mrs. Mahoney. He hit the button, girl, and there was a cooler in the seat. Well, next thing I know, I'm sitting there at the desk negotiating a deal, okay? It is It is a certain energy. It's a certain flow about sales. So you guys have to get that out of your mind. Oh, I don't like to sell. Then why are you in business? Business is an exchange of energy, exchange of money. And women have the toughest time, Jana. They do. That's exactly why I do what I do. You know, having spent all that time in, in this, in the sales world myself, I really saw people struggle, particularly women. And then when I started to realize, you know, this coaching industry was a thing and people are really struggling with the business side of it, particular, but particularly the sales, um, you know, I thought, oh my goodness, well, that's because they just have this older model, you know, this more masculine, pushy, forceful, and, and there's other ways to do that, right? I mean, there's a, a more softer, more feminine approach that really works very well for females. And I have guys that I also coach as well that don't resonate with, you know, they're just not, they're, they're not that one type of person, that personality that just wants to like, you know, overpower, you know, they're, they're more heart centered. They're a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs or what I work with. And they just, they don't want to go about it that way. And I don't blame them. 
It makes everybody uncomfortable. Nobody Absolutely. wants to be forced into anything. And sometimes, so sometimes you do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know, sometimes you gotta gotta push a little harder than you you normally do, but that is um, convincing. And some people like a strong approach. Some mm-hmm. people, it depends on what you're selling and what you're doing. You know, if I have a financial planner, I really don't want a marshmallow. Uh, True, I absolutely valid. Going, right, I need somebody that is going to go in there and go for the jugular. Um, if I am negotiating the the a, a property deal. I would need somebody that has a little bit more um, warmness to them because this is a big investment. It's sensitive. So what you have to do, Brains, too, is you have to gauge the pulse of your potential client. That's why I say you listen more and talk less. They're going to tell you everything they want you to know. But you have to be a good listener and hear. Listening is a different skill than hearing. Hear what you need to hear and color in the white space. You're also a manifester. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your experience with the woo and the who of manifesting. <laughs> well, you know, what, what I find interesting about the coaching space and the business space in general is, you know, it's just all tactics and strategy, right? And believe me, I'm all for the do. I am a doer. I am a Capricorn. Let's get stuff done. Generator in, a, in a human design, like, through and through. However, we can't ignore the reality that we live in, which is a quantum soup of energy. (laughs) And it's all based on frequency and the vibration of whatever frequency you're at. Right. And so when we're putting all of these tactics and strategies, and I got to do all the things and make all the things happen, we completely ignore that the fact that this can be a co-creative process, right? You know, you said in the beginning, you should always ask. And that's true for the sale, but that's also true for the universe. Come in, help me. Let's do this. Lead me. You know, and when you bring that power and that energy into a sales conversation or building a business, all of a sudden, there's a lot more trust, a lot more surrender, and a lot less force and fear. Because all of a sudden you, you, it's like you have these wings, you know, that help you in that process. And so, you know, whether it's practicing non-attachment, which is a big part of manifesting, right? Like we put it out there, but then we're not like, okay, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? When is it coming? Oh my gosh, is it coming? Right, right, right. <laughs> but with that, you've got to do the work too. You know, Oh my goodness. Yes. You know, people will create these vision boards. Girl, they crack me up. And right. I'm like, oh, okay. You got this great vision. You got all this uh, paper cutouts, all these words and pictures and images, but what are you going to do to really make it work? Where are your obstacles? Where are your stop signs? Sometimes you're going to have to step back, step right. Sometimes you just got to pause. That's a part of the vision too, is where do I need to settle in? Where do I just need to take a deep breath? And you use a very powerful word. About two weeks ago, maybe not even two weeks ago, man, a week ago, I had one of those powerful meditations. And Spirit said to me, surrender. Like, surrender. Absolutely. I got you, April. You got it in abundance. You don't have to worry about it. Just surrender to this situation. You don't have to force it. You don't have to control it. I got you. And I was like, I had to check in with Mr. Magnificent, my husband. (laughs) 
I had to go back to God and say, surrender? And now I've heard that word so much that I am so freaking comfortable with it that it was like, you know, what, whatever. I'm not even going, I'm not going to do it. When I turned 60, I had an aha moment. It's like, April, how do you process it? How do you receive it? Is it really that important? Again, surrender. So that's what we have to do because our life is fight or flight. It's always about taking action, doing, 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 having, giving, saying, controlling. Just surrender. Because all that's ego. And, you know, ego is really another word for fear. It's, it's there trying to keep us safe and small. And so when we're, you know, I always tell my clients, there's really a, three main ways that I see, like, energetically, the ego shows up in our mind, like, in our thoughts, right? It just comes in and wreaks havoc. And that is the control and attachment. Like, I need to go, and this needs to go the way I need it to go. That's your ego. The doer, right? I make all of it happen. And I'll, I'll tell you a little something about that that seems to really resonate. Um, and then the lack consciousness is also ego. This whole, like, I don't have enough. There's not enough. I don't, you know, when will I get mine kind of energy? All of that stuff is, is really that fear, that ego, that subconscious program that's running. However, let me interject right there because yeah. I work with an ego coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to tell you about that girl. She's mind blown. I bet. Uh, but, but what she has taught me is that the ego is the gateway to the soul. As you said, there's so many ways mm -hmm. that you have to get in there, but you also have to feed that ego. You have to nurture that ego because if you don't, it will implode. And if you see a lack, again, that lackluster that people have, feed that part of their ego. There might be a person that loves to hold court. Give them five or 10 minutes in the meeting. You might have a person that is very dominating. Tap into that. See where that, that's coming from. See how you might be able to surrender some of your power, some of your authority, so that it's not combative. So you have to be able to work with that ego, too. It's not necessarily a negative connotation. It is something that needs to be controlled and managed, just like every other part of your mental health. Totally. You know, what I like to say is the ego gets a seat at the table. It just That's doesn't right. get to run the show. That's right. You know, That's and then that way we can, we can re really operate from a space of wholeness and not that like the fear-based piece. But, um, you know, something that I like to tell my clients when they, cause when you're building a business, there is a lot to do. That's why it's woo and do, but but when you're just doing, it's not what all that you're doing, it's who you are when you're doing it. And I'm like, and just think about it. Like anybody that's listening of all the big major things that have happened in your life, did you really make every single solitary piece of that thing happen? Or were there just, you can acknowledge that there was more at play than just you. And every time I ask that question, everybody sits there for a minute and they go, you know what? Yeah. I mean, I can't say that it was me. In fact, so much of the time it turned out better than I ever would have thought or even could have possibly made happen. And so, you know, when we can acknowledge that more and that surrender that you're talking about, it really does create the room for a bigger manifestation than the one we're trying to control and make happen. Exactly. And so, and so a great thing I like to say to, to really help with that is 
I mean, this is kind of, this is what I want, April, but Hey, something, this or something better, like surprise me. Right. And that, <laughs> you know, that is my mantra. I always say, how can it get any better than this? Mm -hmm. And what else is possible? What else is possible? What else can I do? Open up my creativity. Don't always ask for money. Money, it's not, I don't believe it's the root of all evil. I believe what's behind the money, okay? Because you can have it in abundance, but sometimes money is a problem. Sometimes you want access. You know, I've bartered with people and they let me use their yacht for the weekend. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so I don't need a yacht. I don't need that overhead, but I need to luxuriate. Don't play small. Dream the impossible dream. Go way out. I mean, I just tether myself out there sometimes. I'm like, wow, my husband goes, where did that come from? And I go, it comes from a heart-centered place. Because God, as I call it, Gus, God, universe, spirit. I love that. You know, <laughs> it's, it says, you know what? I created everything. Your thoughts, your dreams, your ideas, the birds, the water, the, you know, I've created everything. So there's nothing you could possibly want for. So why do you stress yourself out? And why don't you feel that you are deserving? There's plenty, you know, when I look at these, these wars and what's going on, it breaks my heart on so many levels, not just because of the loss of life and the stupidity of man, but is that... <laughs> It's not ours anyway. We can't take it with us. Uh, we're fighting over an interpretation of what somebody else said. You have to have your own personal experience in your spirituality. It's one-on-one. -on -one. It's not one-on-three. -on -three. It's not a trifecta. <laughs> it is one-on-one -on -one communication. Don't you find that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, something that I believe, I hope we're moving into is more of that heart-based consciousness is living from that space you know like as a collective and it may not seem that way right now but you know it's kind of like birth like it gets really messy at the end but i do believe you know that we are as the vibration rises on this planet the consciousness level rises there's more light on the planet than there ever has been well at least in this this iteration right, and right, right. <laughs> and and so I, I do believe that we will, hopefully in this lifetime, I mean, the timeline is always the, the most challenging part, but that we are moving in that space to where that kind of stuff won't even matter anymore. It will just be our relationship, our connection here, and then how we serve out here. The end. If we let uh, generation X, Y, and Z take it over, <laughs> instead of going, uh, you know, again, you can't, we can't do what we did in 29, 39, 49, 59. Okay. This is a whole new thing. The young uh, people that are out there now, they had a whole different set of circumstances. They want to work for something like this. They don't want the big house. They want a tiny house. They want an electric car. They want to be able to go to the bowling alley and to the grocery store without having to worry about getting shot. Uh, they want to be able to teach their children not from the, uh, the, the the board of education and the book burning. They want to give them real life applications or what's really scaring me is they don't even want kids. You know, my daughter, I'm a grand muppy. <laughs> I got a puppy. She don't want no kids. She was serious about that. She says, you know, I just, 
this is not what I want to do. And I hear that more and more and more. Then we have artificial intelligence. That is something that we have to learn to live with. It's not going away. And it is going at a rapid pace. So how are we going to incorporate that? No, there's no emotional to it yet until someone figures it out. The homeless. Why are there people that are homeless? I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. Maybe you don't have a luxurious house in expensive California, uh, but there should be shelter. The earth is two thirds water. Why do people not have water? You know, we have solar. Why are they still load sharing in Africa? It's just so many things that are going on. We're trying to get through this portal and I'm with you. I'm totally with you. 5G, we are trying to get through this lunar vortex. So as we travel through this, I want to ask you some questions about you. Okay. What did COVID teach you in that time of silence and introspective? What did it teach you about anything? Wow. What a question. Um, well, you know, I was very much awake spiritually at that point. And I heard, you know, different spiritual teachers speaking of the shift that we're in now. Yep. And when, when it really started, there was a piece that came over me you know, as I'm, of course, you know, thinking of everybody out there and the fear that was going on and the deaths and all of these things, there was also this piece of, and so it begins. It just felt like the beginning of us really coming back to who we are mm -hmm. and waking up from, you know, the so-called American dream and really the world dream and coming back to, to what's really important. And, you know, even though I had already kind of taken that journey, I just intuitively knew that this was the opportunity for the world to take it if they so choose to, to open up and to go within and to stop looking for it all out here and start looking for it where it really is. And that's just inside you, you are what you're looking for. And so that, that was kind of how I felt about it. And, uh, you know, the thing it opened up for me, not to open up a can of worms, but uh, you know, I was already awake spiritually. Let's just say I wasn't awake on some of the other things that that I've now have been my eyes are opened to. I know, girl. And I didn't know that stuff. I was I had no idea. And so for me, it was a different type of dark night of the soul. Like, okay, I knew we weren't in the reality we thought we were in, but I certainly didn't know that there was like literal darkness on the planet. Oh gosh, yeah. You know, the adversary is busy. The adversary is busy trying to stranglehold us, got us in this container, you know, mm -hmm. and we have to get a can opener and open up this can of worms because there's a whole lot going on. We can't control everything and everybody, but we can control self. Mm -hmm. And that is what I took away from, uh, from COVID was, again, you don't have to control it. What it's going to be, I already had my, you know, I had my meeting with God and said, if something happens to me, don't cry for me, Argentina, because honey, I have lived a good life. Oh, yes, I'm living my best life. And that's what I encourage all of us to do is to live our best life and enjoy it. Let me ask you some fun questions. <laughs> if you were a flower in the garden, what flower mm. would you choose to be? I have to say a sunflower. Um, why um i just like how big and bright they are and 
oh my God, I get emotional. I'm getting emotional over a flower. And, <laughs> and I, I just feel very much that that's part of my mission here is to really shine and help other people see that you can shine too. Like you can be you, you don't have to hold back. And I just feel like sunflowers are just big and bold in that way. You know, they, you know, they give great seeds. They do. (laughs) They give give nourishment. I love a good, a good, a good poly seed as we call them. If you were a car, what type of car would you be? Oh, do you, do you remember the old scouts? So it's kind of like an old Bronco. Oh, okay. So yeah, like um, an even one that just doesn't even have a roof. Like and you're just driving around and it's just so free mm-hmm. and you're, you know, the nature of it all. That's the kind of car I want to be. Take it anywhere. I want to be like a 1970 VW van. Fun! <laughs> yes! I want it with the, with the flowers on it, the hippies, the love, the mattress in the back, you know, a cool. I think we could go on a road trip because we I, would work really well together. Absolutely. With- absolutely. <laughs> if you were an animal, what animal would you be? I have to say, I love, I love owls. I really do. Um, that would definitely be one that would, would be top of mind. There's a few others that come to mind, but I'm going to go with owl because, you know, the wisdom and the, the essence of what they are is just so beautiful. I'd be a party animal. (laughs) (laughs) A ranger. Oh yeah, that's me. If you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be? Oh, geez. This one I don't connect with at all. What can I say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, maybe I guess the fridge. I'll hold the food for everybody and keep it cool. <laughs> and, and that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'll be the air fryer. No, <laughs> I use a little bit of grease. I want to keep it crispy and juicy and easy to clean. That's good. That's good. And in closing, uh, Jana, what do you want your legacy to be? How do you? You know, some of the things that I talked about today, I. You know, I call myself the authentic sales coach really for the reason of, you know, be, be who you are. I do believe that our purpose here, we came here to be who we are. And the more, you know, who that is by being still by going within, the more magical your life will be. And so just to instill that into people to, to just not be afraid to be all that you are. Don't hold back, shine your light. That's what I want people to do. Well, you are amazing. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this immensely. Uh, please tell my brains how to get in contact with you. They want to work with you. They want to be coached by you. They want to be inspired by you. Um, so my website's theauthenticsalescoach.com. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at The Authentic Sales Coach. Um, and so those are really the easiest ways to find me. And then my Facebook profile is Jana Nixa. So. Brains, get your sales on. Okay. <laughs> Everything you do is a sales job. When you meet somebody, when you go on a date, when you're meeting your kid's teacher, when you're interviewing for a job, it's not just necessarily this hustler, sleazy person trying to overcome you understand your gifts and your talents ask yourself some of the questions i just asked jana who are you 
And who do you aspire to be? Are you a risk taker? Are you willing to surrender? All of that is important. And close the deal. Get paid. Whatever that payment looks like. It could be a barter. It could be money. It could just be peace of mind. It could be a babysitter. Whatever it is, close on the deal. Thank you so much. I need you to go in and love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, to Blog Talk. Follow me on social media. Go in and check out what Janice doing, okay? She is a true gift, and I'm so glad that I was a part of that uh, being received. Thank you so much. Friends, have a really good day. Bye, Jana.